Blog Talk Radio. A very warm welcome and a good Thursday evening this February 12, 2015 at this 8 p.m. hour on the East Coast of the United States. To all of our listeners joining us over the airwaves, including the Internet, we want to thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Connie Whitley, and I'm inviting you to take this journey with me for one hour of our new show, Beyond the Boundary. Beyond the Boundary is a natural spin-off of the cricket show hosted by the truly hardest working man that I know, the famous Mr. Leon Francis. Leon Francis is soul power. Although Beyond the Boundary is a natural outgrowth of the cricket show, it is not a show about cricket. Instead, Beyond the Boundary is about everyday issues that affect the lives of everyone. This means we will be covering everything from relationships, do's and don'ts, how to get the most out of public education for your child or children, how I did it as a single mother, and we expect to cover health and wellness issues, including how the role of having fun impacts our health and well-being. And speaking of fun, we want to launch our new show, beginning with a show enough blast from the past, 70s style. So I intend to make this hour one really, really sweet ride. Sit back, relax, and let me take you on a fantastic ride for the next hour. Or even better, put on your dancing shoes and get ready to get down, get funky, get loose as we launch a 70s-style funky, funky party to get our awesome listeners all warmed up. Uh, well, um, uh, thank you for such a great introduction. Um, at first, before I begin reading it, I just want to say that poetry is just simply a way to express emotions. Very much the same is true in music. And um, so with that said, uh, I'll begin. Um, last week, uh, just before uh, I mentioned the poem, uh, last week I mentioned uh, that I discovered recently that uh, I had an, a serious issue with my heart. And what's interesting is that I'd written this poem since uh, January 2004, and it, it's uh, entitled A Letter to My Heart. Mm. So, it, it, yeah, it, um, it's, so here goes. I smelt a beautiful fragrance and sought in vain to purchase this perfume, though I knew not its name. The scent made sweeter and sweeter would not relent and persistently shadowed me wherever I went. Sweeter and sweeter the scent rose until every cell, every breath in my body was filled. And as I searched, I came upon a color so bold, its brilliance near too magnificent to behold more dazzling, more radiant than a blazing fire, the color intensified yet brighter and brighter. Assured that such brilliance never shall faint, I sought to acquire this goddess's paint. While yet searching, I heard the most melodious song that sounded as the many voices of a vast angelic throng. The resonance reverberated joyously without and within, so I stopped and I listened to this magnificent thing. The sonic chorus 
increased in volume and sound and reverberated right through me and into the ground. Not finding the perfume, the color, or song on any visitor's shelf, pondering quietly, I realized that the splendor was emanating from within myself. My senses now alert, alive, and vibrant as can be, as I recognize the scent, color, and song was all truly in me. To this one and that one, I ran sharing perfectly, just bursting with the joy of my own self-discovery. T'was I, t'was me, that I had been seeking all along. T'was I in the form of this wonderful fragrance, color, and song. T'was I whom I found in every limb, every part. T'was I whom I found had opened up my own heart. I, by Connie Francis, and I tend to put Francis as my writer's name. Uh, well, um, uh, thank you for such a great introduction. Um, uh, first, before I begin reading it, I just want to say that poetry is just simply a way to express emotions. Very much the same is true in music. And um, so with that said, uh, I'll begin. Um, last week, uh, just before uh, I mentioned the poem, uh, last week I mentioned uh, that I discovered recently that uh, I had an, a serious issue with my heart. And what's interesting is that I'd written this poem since uh, January 2004, and it's, it's uh, entitled A Letter to My Heart. Mm. So, it, it, yeah, it, um, it's, so here goes. I smelt a beautiful fragrance and sought in vain to purchase this perfume, though I knew not its name. The scent made sweeter and sweeter would not relent and persistently shadowed me wherever I went. Sweeter and sweeter the scent rose until every cell, every breath in my body was filled. And as I searched, I came upon a color so bold, its brilliance near too magnificent to behold more dazzling, more radiant than a blazing fire, the color intensified yet brighter and brighter. Assured that such brilliance never shall faint, I sought to acquire this goddess's paint. While yet searching, I heard the most melodious song that sounded as the many voices of a vast angelic throng. The resonance reverberated joyously without and within, so I stopped and I listened to this magnificent thing. The sonic chorus increased in volume and sound and reverberated right through me and into the ground. Not finding the perfume, the color, or song on any visitor's shelf, pondering quietly, I realized that the splendor was emanating from within myself. My senses now alert, alive, and vibrant as can be, as I recognized the scent, color, and song was all truly in me. To this one and that one, I ran sharing perfectly, just bursting with the joy of my own self-discovery. T'was I, t'was me, that I had been seeking all along. T'was I in the form of this wonderful fragrance, color, and song. T'was I whom I found in every limb, every part. T'was I whom I found had opened up my own heart. I, 
by Connie Francis, and I tend to put Francis as my writer's name. And folks, I have a little surprise for you, or maybe a big one, depending on your perspective. Um, the surprise about me is uh, my family's role and history in ushering Antigua and Barbuda's independence from Britain. As a very young girl, my maternal grandmother was uh, our oral family historian. I loved her very much and was tethered to her side much of the time that I spent with her. Her name was Matilda Richardson from Lewis Village in St. Philip's Parish, Antigua. In her oral accounts of our family history, my grandmother Matilda often recounted that her own mother and my great-grandmother Helen, whom she described as an articulate, brilliant, and very politically involved woman, personally interfaced and negotiated with Queen Elizabeth Bowes Lyon I, the mother of the present monarch, Queen Elizabeth Windsor II, for Antigua and Barbuda's secession and independence from Britain. Great-grandmother Helen uh, she did not live to see her work come to fruition. However, in 1996, the government of Antigua contacted my late mother, Mabel Elizabeth Francis Lake, and presented her with an award honoring and acknowledging her grandmother and my great-grandmother's prominent role in Antigua and Barbuda gaining independence November 1st, 1981. I want to say out in the ethers, much love to you, great-grandmother Helen. Although I have never met you, that we share the same Antiguan blood and DNA is a primordial honor for me and our future descendants. Thank you for the work that you've done. Well done. And we are back, listeners, with recipes from our rum talk. The first one is called What Godly Sunrise. So what we're going to use is English Harbor High Beer Rum, Coca Caribe. Coca Caribe is a coconut rum. It's clear, moderately light-bodied, and has aromas and tastes of coconut and almond. And we're going to use uh, orange juice de Kuiper and grenadine. Grenadine is a sweet syrup made from palm grenades, and so you're going to mix to your taste for that. The next recipe we have is called Sweet Love. Mm. All right, so again, we're going to use coca caribe, this time cranberry juice de Kuiper, Amaretto, and amaretto is a sweet almond-flavored liqueur. Then we use some pineapple juice and just a drop of lime for that one. The next recipe is sun tan. And again, we use uh, coca curry, but this time we're going to be very specific. We need just one ounce of coca curry, 
and one ounce of bay leaf. And what you do is you're going to layer this in a shot glass. So you just place the coca carib and followed by the same amount of Bailey's cream liqueur for that one. And drink. Now I have um, two more. And the second one, the third one I need, is called electric shock. And what you're going to use is um, a nut powder for this, amaretto, black currant liqueur, and cream. That should be a good one. And the fourth one I have for you, and the final one, is stormy night. And for that, you're going to use nut powder, cavalier rum, creme de coco, served in uh, layers again. So what you're going to do is layer it just like we layered the suntan recipe. You're going to just put the first layer it with the nut powder, then followed by the cavalier rum, then creme de coco, and drink it as a shot. For complete info on recipes or to read about Forbes magazine's very powerful vote of confidence in Antigua's English Harbor five-year run, please visit website uh, www.antiguadistillery.com forward slash news. Cornwall was bowling off two paces, yeah? That is one of Joaquin's strengths. 
no rhythm, he found the batsman, he gets to his, his balls quickly. So the fact that Lance was concerned about it, it just goes to show you how, how far out of the game Lance, Lance gets it. Lance gets 35 years old, I don't think he's in tune mm. with what's going on in, in modern cricket. And, and he went away thinking right, that he was onto something. But for me, he scored, he scored not. Do we want to feel bad? I don't think so. But this is what we constantly do. So for today, just take that to heart. When you get a compliment, embrace it. Embrace it. Open your arms and say thank you. Did you get that? When you get a compliment, whether it's in writing or verbally, or when you notice it because somebody looks at you so loving you or appreciates it. Open your arms wide and receive that compliment with pleasure. Take that appreciation in and then close your arms and put your hands over your heart and close that compliment into your heart. That's a way, an easy way, to build your confidence, you believe in yourself. In our next moment to be, I will share with you how to deal with criticism constructively. This is Barbara Hoffmeister from BarbaraHoffmeister.com. It's the moment to be. You're listening to Blog Talk Radio, The Cricket Show. You're invited to join us. Our number is one 347 Stay tuned. Good afternoon to all our listeners out there in Radio Land. Wonderful day here in South Florida. And I hope wherever you are, you are also enjoying um, similar weather. The condition is super. It's, it's a condition that one can go out without shirts and feel the nice warmth of the sunshine. But this is Cricket and we, uh, you're all live on the cricket show. You're asked to call us. And um, right off the top, I want to just say good afternoon to Brother Audley over there in Atlanta. Good afternoon, Audley. Good afternoon, sir. And good afternoon to the listeners. We just want to say thanks be to God for having kept us through the course of the week. And it's because of his grace and mercy why we are here today. And we just want to give thanks and praise for it. Yes, and we want to just tell our listeners we are yet to be joined by our co-host, Ivor. He is a little late today, but nevertheless, um, we will uh, proceed with the program until he joins us because we are hoping to be speaking with a couple of guests. Kenny Benjamin, the former West Indian pacer, he will be on with us around about 3.30. And when Wilden Cornwall, he was the former Leeward Islands captain, he shall be joining us as well later on in the show. So it's awesome that we are able to capture these two superstars coming out of Antigua. I don't know if anything happened in your life during the course of the week, Mr. Audley, that you want to share with our listeners? Um. I'm trying to see if anything's you know very special, special. I would say no, just just a regular you know give, give um every day that you get up to give thanks to the Lord, you know, and we don't take it for granted, you know, that um it really happened. Indeed, you know something extraordinary happened to me today because some weeks ago we had an interview with Betty Wade. You, you recall? Oh yes. Oh, 
Yes, Betty Wade was in town today, and she was just so eager to meet me. And I, she's still around for a number of minutes, waiting for me to exit my classes at church. And I, we had a good meeting. She was so appreciative of our putting her on the show. And believing me, we're going to have her back again. That's so, wonderful. Isn't that wonderful? It, it just brought a, a real nice, pleasant feeling to my heart and I'm so happy that she is with us and she is she's happy that we had the opportunity to put her on live and in the, in the near future we also will be bringing her back and just to mention the lady's voice that we heard up front was that of Barbara Hofmeister Barbara Hofmeister was has been on our show twice and she was so instrumental in helping quite a lot of people that we just thought that we'll open the show this evening with her. And I'm sure those of you who are listening will enjoy what she says about handling criticism. Real wonderful motivational speaker. Yes, indeed, indeed, indeed. So we are still awaiting our brother Ivor to come ashore, but I hope, hopefully, he shall be on in a short while. But why don't I just go on and give the outline until he reaches us and then we can continue. Trinidad and Tobago, they they rebounded and shocked the Chennai Super Kings to register their first win in the Atel Championship League in the main competition. Uh, hooray to them uh, for their win. Yeah, they had uh, had two heartrended loss, you know, so it's not that that like they were pulverized by the opposition, but just unfortunately they lost two very close games. So it's good to really end in the win column this time. And those wins, uh, those losses could have died, could have gone either way. They win. They win. Right. Yeah, definitely. So we're just thrilled to to see them winning. At least they, and it's a great win too. Because what has happened that the Chennai Super Kings are the reigning champions. For the mm-hmm. Yes, so uh, that was an awesome, awesome victory for them today. And we just want to just extend our congratulations to them as well. Well, Dwayne Bravo, he had an excellent match with Chennai Super Kings um, two matches ago. And he earned the man of the match as well as he got the maximum uh, sixes winner award. Good news for him. Chris Gale was in action for the challengers, the Royal Challengers Bangalore. His 25 was not sufficient to help them overcome defeat by nine wickets in the hands higher. of if, however, uh, it Kolkata Knight Riders. Player average so news coming out of Trinidad that the Trinidad that one before we move on that one was a massive win. I mean to to not that score off with the loss of only one wicket that that was massive. That was indeed massive. Yes, yes it was indeed massive. And like I said, Bravo played a very very important part of that match. And he indeed won the man of the match as well as the maximum six hitter award winner. Where it was the news coming out of Trinidad and Tobago is that the president of the Trinidad and Tobago Cricket Board disassociated himself from the remarks made by Bravo, not Bravo, by Ganga. He has reaffirmed his country's commitment to Western Indies cricket. 
And that is a sign in the right direction, in my view. I don't know if you heard that, but that is a sign in the right direction. Any thoughts there on that before we move on? Uh, yes, I mean, it's good for, the, good for the president of the Cricket Association to clear that up because a lot of time when uh, an individual cricket, cricketer speaks, especially being the captain of the side, and um, sometimes... You know, it represents, it seemingly it represents what the country believes. And when in actual fact it's just the belief of the individual. So it is good for him to come and clear that up, that everybody could understand what they really stand for. And just to reiterate and just to repeat, for those of you who have missed last week's show, the West Indies defeated England by 25 runs to register uh, outstanding victory. I just want to give the scores. Scores, West Indies, 113 for five. And when that score was achieved, we we thought that that was not enough. But England fell, believe it or not, for the lowest ever T20 score of 88. The 17th over. And West Indies registered a heartwarming win. Debutant Gary Maturin got three for nine. I'm sure... You must have had people calling you all week and asking you why. What had happened to England? Did they? Uh, and and I, t- I tell you, even the most ardent West Indian supporter did not expect the West Indies to win. I did not expect them to win because first in the first match, they made a little more. What, 123 and England knocked it off with no problem at all. So we're just looking for England once again to win on a canter. But the, the fact that cricket is just cricket, and on a given day, anything can happen. So um, I guess that's why the match is, is played, because when you look at the difference in the ranking with the West Indies and with England, they are daylights apart. But the thing about it, uh, in a 2020 match, especially any team that show up with better condition and everything in that day can really win the match. So no matter the ranking, you just have to play up and show up and play the match, and then, you know, you never know how it's going to go. In this case, we were so happy, we were so jubilant that the West Indian pulled this off, and uh, really decisively, too, because they bowled England out in less than 18 overs. You know, it was real good. It was a super win and much rejoicing for the Caribbean folks. And the West Indian Cricket Board, they have released the picture list for this year's regional Super 50. And a little later on, we shall be going into that in detail. Jamal Warwick. Um, I'm sure just to give a brief of, of the tournament, it's going to be held in Guyana starting October the 19th. And, of course, we will be staying on top of all the details. And, and uh, we have a number of teams that have already been announced or a number of squads that have been announced. We'll give our listeners those teams. As well. And you seem to be very well, we turn our attention now to the HPC in the United Arab Emirates because they are doing a super job. They won their, all their matches so far, including a sharp defeat of the West Indies. The West Indies senior team. That's correct. They have beaten the West Indies senior team. Um, by some six wickets. We shall be going into that in detail as well. Um, pointed out that HPC means High Performance Center, the West Indies Senior High Performance Center. Yes, the High Performance Center. Uh, it's 
No, it's sponsored by Sajiko. Sajiko, probably an insurance company. And they are doing well. And that is as far as we can go. But it's not the same that is happening with the under-19 team. Because they're in a quadrangular tournament in India. And they have lost all three games thus far. And the margin of defeat in the last two was really not hmm, what was desired. I don't know if you have been following that, have you? Not very closely, um, but um, I, I, I know that they are going in the opposite direction. I heard that they are going in the opposite direction um, of the, of the uh, high-performance center team. So I know it hasn't been that good. So later we'll catch up. I'll catch we'll up with catch you. Up on that. That's correct. We we have some news coming out of the Leeward Islands as well because they are not doing too well in their cricket. But I understand that the one-day tournament has started today, and hopefully during the course of the show, we will be giving our listeners up, bring them up to date with all the details of those encounters over in Sinkets. Incidentally, Sinkets. Is the one that has decided to host the tournament and help with the sponsorship because the Leeward was really, really dormant and nothing was happening. So, thank you. We just want to say kudos to Sinkits, the government of Sinkits and Nevis, for taking the bull by the horn. Wonderful. A superman. Well, some good news for. Marlon Samuel, because he has expressed joy and satisfaction that his action has been cleared by the ICC, and now he's free to bowl, free to bowl in international matches. As a matter of fact, he bowled last evening, and he was he helped the West Indies senior team to beat up on the United Arab Emirates. So we'll give the details of that match as well. Brendan Nash, the former Westerns vice captain, he has withdrawn from the Jamaica team or the Jamaica squad for the Westerns Super 50 tournament. He claims that he is going through a challenging period in his life. What do you make of that? Um, we, can also, we can only take it for what he has given to us. He said he's going through some challenging time or challenging period in his life which um without disclosing what was what's going on so we can just take him at his word it must be that it's something that is real burdensome because you know he's a guy that loves to play his cricket and um if he's gonna withdraw from the side it must be something that's really affecting him and you know it wouldn't be fear maybe in his estimate to to be holding down a valuable spot when somebody else will be given that opportunity opportunity to to get some exposure and so um, I think he did the right thing. If he, he knows that he's not going to be able to perform to the highest level, I think it's good for him to um, withdraw. That's good. Indeed, indeed. And Troy Cooley, Cooley has been named the Australian interim, interim head coach. He was appointed following the resignation of the head coach, Mr. Tim Nielsen. And that is another move by the office to bring in an interim coach after the resignation of the head coach, Mr. Tim Tim Nielsen. Maybe in your own mind you've shown it. Any thoughts there until? Okay, Okay. shall I just move on then? 
we just we just um see what's gonna happen, you know, with new coach and you know who's gonna perform. Uh, I have some other information on uh, Ian Chapel later in the program. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, indeed, indeed. We will definitely do, do some of that as well. England uh, will be playing five ODIs and two T20s starting October 14th in mm-hmm. India. Let's say the contract period starts from from maybe this is is May may start from May and continue until the next May and it goes in that in that way. But I have I have looked at it in a slightly different different way, just in the calendar year. So Mm-hmm. I have, I have. Right, see, Doc, it doesn't work in the calendar year. Yes, I know that. But the thing is, Hetmar didn't play much, so I can still tell you that for the, for the two years that we've looked at it, I know Bravo had a a, a useful century coming to the end. But what I'm saying is that Hetmar's body of work before Bravo made that century was more compelling than, than than Bravo's uh, work. So the thing is, Hetmar didn't really get a play. He wasn't selected. So does that disqualify him from being selected? Or is it that he isn't fit? Or is it some other reason? Because, you know, he didn't get to play for whatever reason. He opted out of, of some of the tours. And he wasn't picked in the last thing. But he, he had done enough to have a contract before. Sorry, he, he, wasn't, he wasn't picked in the last one? He didn't get to play the last uh, one day international. The last one day. he didn't get to play, what do you mean, though? I mean, he wasn't fit to play. He wasn't selected, so he could not be evaluated. So, so who's, who's, who's responsibility with that? No, I'm not saying that it, it's his fault or your fault, Roger. Oh, you're not I, saying it's, it's, it's our fault or not, it's not his fault. Well, okay. Well, you know, Roger, that's why I'm saying if a guy that's fit performs less well than a... If a guy that's unfit performs much better than a guy that's fit, Mm-hmm. How do you arrive at the conclusion that the guy who performed better, even though he was unfit, should lose a contract which he already had? Since there's COVID and we're playing less and people don't get to, to do as much, so they may not be as fit. They may be stressed with COVID fatigue and also the bubble fatigue. And you apply it in this stringent condition mm-hmm. to, instead of downgrading the no. contract, Doc, what's happening in the other countries around the world, please? What's happening in India related to fitness and and contracts? What's happening in Australia related to performance, fitness, and contracts? Maybe, you know, I'm not okay with all all that's going on. Well, well, Roger, they do apply apply fitness and apply more stringently than we do based on on my experience in with uh, physiology, the body, bodybuilding, I can tell you that they apply it more stringently than we do. So, so what we call, what we term fit here, and our definition of fitness based on the players that are on the park, I believe that we can't really look at the others when they talk about fitness because it's, it's a different standard. Mm. All right, uh, Roger, just Doctor, before you, 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 you're confusing me a little bit. Oh, yes. Okay. So when we come back, we want to know why Doc is confusing you. And, of course, I know you, you said you're going to spend half an hour with us. Of course, we're going to not keep you too much longer than that because I know you've got a lot of things to do there in Guyana. But, of course, we've got to pause for business calls. Businesses and guests is brought to an association with our very good friends at Bobby's Lottery. 
Yes, well, we... I've had a little hiccup at the beginning of the show. We hope you've gotten it sorted out. And we apologize for the inconvenience. But we'll get it right. We'll get it right. We'll get it right somewhere. Okay, so just hold, hang tight. We'll come back. It's Mason and Guest in Jiffy. You're listening to Read Broadcasts of Mason and Guest. Compliments of the Cricket Show. Hope you will be with us for the remainder of the show. I'm joined by Roland Butcher, who um, didn't get a contract, and I'm sure he's not happy at all about that. Lots of reaction coming out of Guyana as well. Uh, Roger, you were under pressure in your homeland because I note with interest that the was he, Mr. Uh, Hilbert Foster, the um, president of the Burmese Cricket Board, is, is quite upset you there for not picking a Guyanese. How are you handling that pressure in your own country, Roger? Well, Andrew, um, the Guyana Cricket Board, like all the other boards, they had two directors that attended the last CWI uh, Board of Directors meeting where the, the presentation was made. You know, the paper presenting the players that are being offered contracts was made and the opportunity was there to ask as many questions as they, uh, as they needed to. So um, I'm not quite sure what's going on. I see. Well, Roland Bush has joined us. Um, I know you've got another, what, uh, four or five minutes with us. I'm sure you don't mind having Roland Butcher um, as well. But I just want to talk a little bit before you go. What's the latest in relation to South Africa? Are they coming? Are they going to be played in Trinidad? Do you know? My understanding is that the tour at this point is still on. Mm-hmm. I think um, CWI is trying to work with exactly where it will be hosted, but I, I expect that information to be released shortly. Mm-hmm. I'm hearing that it may not be in Trinidad. Have they told you that, Roger? Well, Andrew, you know, you, your sources seem to be good. So if you say so, maybe that's it. I'm hearing that it may be in, in St. Lucia and, and Grenada. Have they, have they told you that, Roger? Nobody's spoken to you? I haven't gotten any definite word yet, Andrew. <laughs> I see. Well, Roland Butcher, of course, um, is, is not only on the Development Committee of Cricket West Indies, but he's a senior um, board member, of course, in relation to uh, Barbados. He joins us, and we're going to go to Guyana as well because there's been um, some reaction from Guyana, Roger, in relation to the fact that uh, no Guyanese are there, and they're saying that Hetmar should have gotten a pick. So we're going to certainly talk to our good friend Sean Devers. So stay with us for another couple of minutes, Roger, please. Uh, Roland Bush, good evening to you. How are you, my friend? Andrew, I have another meeting to attend, so just remember what Right. I... Oh, yes, indeed. So, um, we, 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 okay, so what we'll do, Roger, okay, so Roland, just hold your horses. Because this is whole Roger for another two minutes, but let's go to Diana and talk to Sean Devers. Um, uh, Sean, good evening to you. How are you? Noted journalist there in Diana. Yeah, I'm staying safe. You're staying, and you should. All right. What has been the reaction to the, the contracted players? I note with interest some of your big guns not getting contracts. What are they saying there in Guyana? Well, the reaction here has been mixed, um, but most Guyanese including me, are, is disappointed that those players have not gotten contracts. But when you look at it, um, the, the emotional thoughts of many 
is because they're Guyanese. That's the main reason why they're um, up in arms, including the Ghana Cricket Board. And let me say that the Ghana Cricket Board um, release indicates or suggests that it was the entire Guyana Cricket Board um, um, behind that release. Uh, but I've done some investigative journalism, mm -hmm. and it's not. Um, both the senior selector and the junior selector say they have not, uh, no part in that. And um, it's a couple of people in the executive of the Ghana board um, are saying these things. Um, but I believe that um, most people who have been following cricket and um, following cricket um, thoroughly um, would um, think that these players, especially Hattie Meyer, don't deserve a performance um, contract. Uh, Shepard has been, um, his cricket has been on the downward slide. And of course, Timo Paul, unfortunately for him, he's not been able to play a lot because of injury. Um, so um, that's the position in Guyana. Of course, um, Hetty Meyer has been four years now in the um, West Indies team in international cricket. And he averages 27.3 in tests. Um, he's not got a thousand runs as yet. He's played 16 test matches, mm -hmm. and in mm -hmm. one day, that's his biggest format. He's played four to five one days. He's got 500, but he's averaging um, 36.66. Even Carl Hooper, who many people claim to be an underachiever, has got a better average than him, and he's played 102 test matches, and he's averaging 36.46. And in one day cricket, he averages. 35.34 with 200 wickets and 193 um, one-day international wickets. So he can bowl also. And he's an underachiever. And um, I believe that Hetimai is supremely talented, uh, but he's not consistent. Mm -hmm. um, he doesn't work on his fitness. And um, that's the reason why maybe he hasn't gotten the, the, the performance contract. So, so, Sean, just before you go, Roger, we're going to just take, have another minute with you. So, you. so you're saying as a journalist, of course, you're going to take the emotion out of it. You have no difficulty with people like Hetmar and, and uh, of course, you know, Shepard um, not getting contracts. You don't have a problem with that. Is that what you're saying? No. Yes, I don't have a problem with that. And I'm sure that knowing Shepard, he's one that will rebound and, and, and try harder. Mm. Um, also, Hetty Meyer is a very big talent. Him along with um, Puran are the two bright so, spots in, in West Indies cricket, but mm. they've got to be consistent. Right. Puran in particular has got to play more um, first-class games. Mm. And he says he wants to play test cricket. I don't believe his actions suggest that he does because he's just played three um, first-class matches. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's my position. Your, your position as well. Well, well, we want to thank you. Just one quick, quick thing. What's happening to Kimo Paul? I mean, maybe, I mean, do you see him at all in Guyana, Kimo Paul? Yes, he's recovering from injury and he's working hard. With, mm -hmm. But remember now, there's no cricket being played. There's no big training because of the COVID. Right, I see. And, and the Guyana board not off to a good start. You've got a new executive, but you've got people going off and, and making comments. That, that doesn't inspire confidence. That's not a good start for the uh, new, new board. Yeah, well, that's just one blunder. I, I believe you can't judge a board on... on, on no, I'm not blunder. judging the board at all. I'm saying that they just started and, and that blunder started even before they got started. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, well, I want to thank you. Um, Sean, it's always good to talk to you. Stay safe. Yeah.
All right. Okay. Final words with you, Roger Harper. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. I, I look forward to your conversations with your very good friend, Dr. Ford. He confused you this evening. Um, um, I don't know if you have a final uh, yes, thought. Dr. Ford was, was, was telling me <laughs> yes. that the fitness is not the player's fault, but then he told me how stringently it's applied in the other country. So mm. that had me mm, yes, yes. And logic is the sense of reason, Doc. Do, do, do you want to explain that, Doc? Yes. Do you convey that to Roger Harper? Uh, I engaged Roger initially on the criteria for selection to, to lay it bare. And then I showed Roger instances where individuals who performed very well in the year before and considering the COVID situation uh, didn't perform as well, were, were unfortunate not to get contract, which I think was a little harsh. I also showed Roger that Sharon Hetmeyer performed much better than Darren Bravo, except for in the, in the very first part of this year, and Hetmeyer didn't get to play for whatever reason. And Roger mentioned fitness as a reason, but, and that's true, but what I mean is, if a guy just performs for a few, we, we saw that Warrington performed well for just a few matches in this year and get a contract, but Roger is saying that Darren Bravo could just do something in this short period of time in 2021 and get mm. a contract. So there are many there are inconsistencies and mm. illogic. Illogic. As well as that's a strong, that's a, Roger, that's a strong word to use, illogic, Roger. I able to present decisions with the backing of the vast, his vast knowledge of the staff and the great deliberation that would have gone into mm. the decision making of him with him and the rest of his colleagues that is determine the contract. Roger. Thank you, Doc. Firstly, and for the, the, the 10th time, the evaluation period is not from January to December. Mm. Right? You keep talking about the calendar year all the time. From the end of March, 1st of April to the end of March. Okay. But so what okay. did Diane Brown do that was so incredible that he got a white ball contract? And and Hetmar didn't get one. I expect fluency, Roger. You expect fluency? It's hard to to have fluency when you're you know, <laughs> when you keep badgering on one issue that I've explained before. But I let you to right? no, okay, Doc, let me break it down for you. In 2020 to 2021, West Indies played six ODIs. Okay? 50% of those games, three. Right? Bravo played the required number of games, and it starts met the requirement. Okay. Well, you, could, you, could, you, you see, you keep saying that I say I am reporting to you mm -hmm. what has come out of the deliberations with the criteria and the calculation. It's not my thing. Yeah. This is Roger, what the stats and the data says and produce. Yeah. And we're guided by that. Roger, I believe what you're, criteria. Roger, what you're saying is that three matches during... Uh, no, that's uh, not what I am saying. That is what the criteria says. You are saying, okay, Roger, well, let me say what I'm saying rather than, because I don't have criteria to speak for, I just speak to me. You're saying that, that um, 
during a COVID situation, uh, a few matches can be used with a criteria and can overpower almost two years of, of staff. Knowing that COVID is the most, you know, difficult situation and environment for the playing of cricket and the assessment of cricketers and knowing that people can only play matches if they're selected and if they're fit and knowing that there are other ways of assessing cricketers and determining if they can make a contribution to a team mm -hmm. going forward without sticking to the criteria. But, but Roger, I, I see that we can agree to disagree. And, you know, I just, I just wanted you to know what my opinions were there. But I, I can see yours. You're, you're a stickler for the criteria, and that has determined the fate of, of some of the cricketers. But I know they will get other contracts within the franchises, so all is not lost. Thank you. And, and, Doc, and Doc, as you said before, the other countries are even applying it in a more stringent manner. So thank you very much. Andrew, yes. it's been a pleasure being here. Yes. And um, unfortunately, I have to... I know, I know. Roger, I, I know, and I, I want to... And I, I want to say to you, Roger, it's always a pleasure to have you. Um, you. You come on the show, and I think you recognize the importance of you know, talking to the people of the, the Caribbean about extension of the people of the world, and I really, really appreciate your coming on Mason and Guests. Uh, just before you go, Roger, I can sense, I can feel that you would love to treat that criteria in relation to getting contract. Don't comment on it. We'll speak some more. I want to thank you. Enjoy the rest of your evening, Roger Harper. Your senses are working very well. But, Andrew, you said that Roland didn't have a contract. I've never known Roland not to have a contract. On that note, <laughs> I will say goodnight. And, and, and just before you go, Roger, um, do you recognize the gentleman who just joined us on Zoom? Well, no, but he looks like Pommy to me. <laughs> say, no, okay, please. Oh, no, 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 no you, you really can't go without you say, saying hello to Pommy. Come on, please. Roger? How are you, sir? Turn on your mic. Turn on your mic. You need to unmute un so I can hear you, please. In mm -hmm. the strong silence type of team. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes, Mami? Well, hello, hello. Oh, so doing? nice. Hello, how, how are, are you? you? It's a pleasure to see you. <laughs> Do you know these gentlemen, <laughs> Roger Harper and Roland Butcher? Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, I'm, uh, yes I, I know the gentlemen. I see them. I'm looking at everybody here. Hello, everyone, I should say. Um, hello, Doc. Hello, Roland. Nice to see you. Hello, Andrew, as well. Right. Nice to see you all. Um, I hope you're all well. Yes, we are in these COVID times. Yes, I'm very well, thank you. But I'm, I'm afraid I have to say hi and bye because I have another engagement. But thank you and all the very best. You take care. All right. Wonderful to see you and hear you. Oh, all right. Well, wonderful. Yeah, thanks. thanks, Roger. Thanks, thanks very much indeed. Uh, Pammy, how are you doing? How are you coping? Uh, in relation to, to COVID, difficult times. Uh, yes, difficult times. Cope we must, I guess, um, in, in terms of how I'm coping. I'm actually currently, right now, the time is, um, let me check to be sure, it's five minutes to one in the morning, and it is my last night in in quarantine since I returned from from India before I go back home. I'm literally two roads from home, but mm. um, had to kind of make sure that I, I'm free of the virus before going and 
um, you know, being with my family. So, yeah, it's kind of become part of what we do. It doesn't make it any easier. Um, you you kind of struggle with it, wrestle with it, but um, you can't sit at home all the time when there's opportunity to work. You go off and you do some work or you try to, as the case was this time around. Mm-hmm. And then you roll with it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Roland, how have you been doing in these COVID times? Are, are you in quarantine as well? First of all, good evening to you and Dr. Ford. Good to see you and to hear you. Yeah, good to see you. Roger, obviously Roger had to run off, but Andrew, listen, COVID is the same for everyone. You just have to make the most of the situation and um, get on with it. You know, you know there are certain protocols you have to deal with. Whether you're a player, coach, or retired from the game, I mean, you still have to deal with those protocols. And, you know, in terms of the players and coaches around the world right now, it's a new norm. And, you know, you just have to get used to it. It's going to be at times tough. It's going to be boring. But, you know, what is the alternative? So, there's something, and for me personally, you know, I'm here quarantining the same as you. Um, just trying to hope that this thing finishes soon so that we can get back to some sort of normalcy. Mm-hmm. Um, Pami, um, uh, Dr. Ford, I'm sure he's got a couple of questions for you. I think it was a sensible decision to, to stop the IPL. I don't think there was any alternative, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it kind of sprung up really quickly. And, and I say that cognizant of the fact that when, when it started, um, cases were quite high relative to the rest of the world. But in India, it seemed they were at those levels. And they seemed, I say they, um, organizers, BCCI and STAR and whoever, they felt that it would kind of continue that way with lockdowns and such like where it was necessary and they could try and contain it like that. But in the space of, I would say probably two or three days, um, it got out of hand. I, I say out of hand, it got bad out in terms of the public and the rest of India outside of the IPL bubbles. Um, and you guys probably watching on the news would have seen more than we would have seen being in there. Um, And then once there were a couple of cases within the setups, that was it. I I couldn't see how, you know, call off this game, call off that game, and then what? Because all the players in fact, they must play against each other. And once it's in, much like what happened in um, the Pakistan Super League, where you know, couple of cases, and then that's that. Because once it's in one of the bubbles, essentially, you know, you're, you're going to struggle to isolate the individuals to, to ensure that the rest of the guys don't don't get um, infected. Doc? Well, good to see you on Zoom, and I'm glad that you're well. And Thank you. Quarantine is, you, know, you must be accustomed to quarantine by now, quarantine expert. <laughs> I was I was telling Roger how difficult it is for players to, to play under these conditions, but from the standpoint of a journalist, how difficult is it to carry out your jobs? I saw some pictures of individuals traveling in body suits and and you know, with 
with headgear? Is that the way you travel for the whole IPL, or did it just happen as, as things got worse? Yeah, I think as, as precautions, I don't think everyone has to wear the hazmat suit, so to speak. What's important is um, the double masking is what was necessary in, in India. Make sure you have a surgical mask and a cloth mask over. And then the face shield, just so that you don't touch your face. That Not essentially, you know, to keep the virus out, but so that if you touch anything anywhere, then you're not going to touch yourself on your face with that shield on. Um, in terms of carrying out one's job, I think it's the quest for normalcy for, for everyone. Uh, and, and by that, I mean you kind of go through the quarantine and, and all the stuff that's not regular and normal because we're in this pandemic. And you're kind of hankering after, you know, what's at the end, which is you call some cricket games, you watch some cricket games, and you have that bit of normalcy in between. And we're always kind of going towards that, and you try and do it as normally as possible. But I must say, for the last sort of um, two or three games that I did, because I was in Delhi, actually, um, the thoughts kind of overpower what's going on. You no longer are fully focused on on what's happening on the field and you're thinking continually how am I getting out of here you know uh, shouldn't you know I don't I don't want to say right it's done I'm gonna go because it's not like I didn't know when I came here you know I, I knew when I came here I expected that it would be safe and I'd be okay uh, but as it's gone along this has escalated and I am you know it might be better if somebody else called it off rather than I say look, guys, I'm, I'm on my way, you know? And I think there were many people who felt that way. There were some who, who decided, you know, way before that, look, this is going the wrong way, don't think this is good, and they, and they left. Um, but some of us waited, and, and I say fortunately, unfortunately actually is the word, because it meant that things got worse and worse and worse. Um, there was no option but to call it off and, and for everybody to try and, and get out and get back home. Okay, so um, we, we do know at first, as you said, it was the, the opinion that it was bringing some joy and allowing some of the unfortunate people in this tsunami of COVID to, to watch something that they loved and to be distracted. But after a while, it seemed like the IPL was becoming tone deaf to what was going on around them. Uh, but And you did hint that some individuals were wondering if they should go or if someone else should tell them to go. How much did that pressure build? Did you really feel that pressure of your colleagues and, and players, you know, the day before or two days before? Did you feel it and, and knew something was going to have to be done? Um, not in terms of the, the comp. In terms of the competition, um, the tournament as a whole, uh, they, you get sort of... Certainly, if you look on social media, which is not advisable, not that's not where you want to get your information, but uh, we all do. We all look, don't we? We all have a look and kind of um, um, have some sort of opinion because of what's going on there. However, people kind of split down the middle, you know, and when you speak to, to some, as I kept saying to guys who were in our bubble, I'd say, well, look, you, know, you might say we're bringing joy to some people, but you're biased. We're all biased inside the bubble because 
this is us working and we can we feel like we can just carry on you know people outside barely a hundred meters from us they really couldn't care less about whether there was a cricket match on or not because they're dealing with family members who are ill and on their deathbeds because of this virus you know so um if somebody out there saying yes there those who will you know find solace in watching some cricket games fair enough but we can't use that as an excuse i i didn't feel that there was a pressure that built certainly not on me um from anywhere except from myself thinking about things and going okay uh not so much are we tone deaf to what's going on but this is getting quite bad and you know red zones all of this am i going to be locked out of home basically am i going to be able to get back home and i think that more than anything else would have been the feeling on many of the guys as um things got worse well of course they know being joined because we're not only going to be talking ipl we're going to be talking cpl we also want to hear uh, from Roland Butcher in relation to, to Bob Edelson, their cricket challenges all around uh, as far as COVID is concerned. But we've just been joined by Michael Hall, the Operations Director of the CPL. Good evening to you, Michael. How are you? Hi, Andrew. I, I'm well, thanks. How are you, my friend? And I like the shirt. Is that, is that um, someone that Pammy knows, Bob Marley? In fact, when I was in New Zealand, I never forget. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in fact, in fact, I, 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 it is the 40th anniversary of it. I know, so. I know. Of course, it is. So yes. that we are sure. Yeah, indeed, and quite appropriately, actually. In fact, um, just before I asked the question, I said it about two weeks ago when I went to Zimbabwe to cover that series. I think at the end of what 1999-2000, went into a supermarket and I said I was from from Barbados, and the person said, "What part of Jamaica is that?" It was all because of Bob Marley. His influence <laughs> tremendous. I never will forget it. I said, I'm from Barbados. And I said, what part of Jamaica is that? <laughs> I never forget that to me. And you, you heard in Zimbabwe, Bob Marley music all around the place. I mean, it was absolutely fantastic. And by the way, Michael, I also saw in a supermarket in Zimbabwe some apples and rum. I didn't see Mount Gay, but I saw apples and <laughs> But Andrew, I think per- perhaps the people who asked you, what part of Jamaica you are from? No, of your affinity to Jamaica. I think Jamaican, so maybe maybe that's right. <laughs> Doctor, Doctor Andrew Ford is smirking. Roland, don't you say a thing. You, you you're a naughty man. All right. Now let's get serious. Of course, Tommy and Brian will join us. Roland Butch as well. Um, Michael, are, are are you on track to to host the the CPL? It's going to be in Sinkit. Thirty-two matches. Are you on track? Yeah. Well, Andrew. Um. Once again, thanks for having me on the program. Uh, yeah, you you would realize that it perhaps was maybe just about two weeks or a little bit more than two weeks ago that we actually got confirmation that, mm-hmm. that the government of St. Kitts and Nevis were going to allow us to host the tournament. Um, of course, we would have been doing some background work before the confirmation came. Uh, and I think the short answer to your question is, um, yes, we are on track because we're now obviously full steam ahead. Uh, trying to put everything in place that has to be put in place. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, just last night, I, I sent a first draft of the protocols under which the tournament would be run this year to the chief medical officer in St. Kitts and some other government officials. And um, we're getting on our second meeting at the end of this week to discuss that first draft and, and get it completed in, in as quick a time as possible. Mm-hmm. Any concerns at the, at the moment? Um, 
No, not really, no, Andrew. I mean, you know, this is not, this is not, um, and I'm speaking obviously personally, but I think I can speak on behalf of everybody else who works for the league. This is not our first rodeo. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and interestingly and, and positively, it's not our first rodeo staging a tournament in the midst of a pandemic. Um, you know, we did it successfully last year and we learned a number of important lessons from doing it last year. Um, you know, the, 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 let me just say right off the bat that one of the primary considerations in us hosting the tournament uh, in, and looking to St. Kitts and Nevis as the host country is the fantastic job that they have done mm -hmm. in managing um, the, the pandemic in St. Kitts and Nevis. There are zero active cases in the country at the moment. Um, their, their population, I think, uh, it's a small population, as you know, Andrew, I think yes. just under 50,000 people. Mm -hmm. But I believe that there are about 40% of the population has been fully vaccinated. So um, we have a duty of care to go to St. Kitts and Nevis and protect that enviable record that they have established. Mm -hmm. And we're going to work very closely with the authorities there to, to make sure that we have protocols in place that will allow us to do just that. Mm -hmm. All right, we're going to come to, to, to Pammy and, of course, uh, Roland Butch as well and, and Dr. Ford. Um, Roland, I mean, in Barbados, you, you play cricket day and night. In fact, you even play in your sleep. You've been having challenges as well getting cricket started in Barbados. Yeah, first of all, let me say good night to Michael. Hi, Roland. How are you, man? And you obviously, listen, Barbados is no different to anywhere else in the world. This is an unusual situation with this pandemic, and you know, it's creating some difficulties. Obviously, in Barbados right now, we have to be able to go ahead by the government for the teams to practice, um, not to play any matches, but you know that's a, a step in the right direction. The fact that you are allowed to practice, you know, the next step after that would be obviously to give you the opportunity to play. So, you know, we have to play things by ear. Obviously, the players now are back training and starting to get themselves back into some sort of shape so that. You know, if there is an opportunity to play cricket, then we will play. But right now, it's a wait and see situation here as to whether we will have a full season. As the BCA, you know, we have th probably three different scenarios in terms of when a season can start, or what can happen during that period. So we'll have to wait and see how each um, scenario comes about and how far down in the year before you get to go ahead to play a game. Mm -hmm. Let me come to you, Pam, you know, before Dr. Ford comes in. Um, the South Africans are scheduled to play in the Caribbean, in fact, until the first match, uh, June um, the, the, the 10th. What are you hearing? Are they still coming? As far as I know, um, as far as I know, they are coming. I, um, on the way back from India, I was... Uh, with Rabada and Nokia and Miller mm -hmm. on the same flight in the right. same cabin and talking to them and and they they um, are to meet on the 28th of May um, to gather to then get on on the plane so yeah as far as I understand it up to this point there's not been any communication that says they're not going on that trip so so as of now, I'll say yes, they're still coming. You've been having your challenge there in South Africa in relation to the government and the board. I think I think they, they need you as the mediator. <laughs> oh, <I mean>. Yeah. <laughs> I 
I don't I don't know. There have been many mediations that uh, <laughs> haven't quite gone to plan. I, so that at this point, though, uh, it, it, I can report that they they they're okay. They're on track. Mm-hmm. Um, the interim board um, managed to do their work. The members' council also agreed to what was being um, suggested in terms of independent directors on that board and uh, a majority independent directors and a an independent president as well so mm-hmm. that that's what been the stickler um they, they then um kind of agreed to everything and the moi has been sent out as well so yeah i think they're making some sort of progress but i'll, I'll say a fight that probably needed to be had um especially with the the system of of cricket in South Africa shifting from the franchises back to provincial side, it's going to be a a promotion and relegation scenario where you have uh, seven and six, I think it is, um, uh, in in terms of of A and and B um, divisions. So in first class cricket, so yeah, they. There'd be squabbles. Squabbles occur, um, as we're all aware. In in many different countries, they occur, and and hopefully from here on they can sort sort it all out and and be able to kind of smoothly go along. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, we want to look at the importance of the IPL. You've been involved in it. Um, but we also want to look at the importance of the CPL. Let's come back to you, Michael. Now, um, a lot of talk about that. Um, you know, players being vaccinated. Um, can you can you tell us would that be compulsory if you're going to play in the CPL to get that vaccination? Uh, Andrew, no, Andrew. Um, taking a vaccination is a personal choice. That's a, mm. I mean, it's a universal fact. Mm. Uh, we cannot force anyone taking part in the CPL to take a vaccination. Mm. We are strongly encouraging people to do so, as I think okay. most, you know, mm-hmm. rational people would want to encourage their fellow citizens to do it. Uh, if you trust and believe in the science. Um, but again, it's not something that we can um, force anyone to do. Uh, the, the government of St. Kitts and Nevis is, is very clear, currently anyway, about their quarantine requirements. Mm-hmm. Um, visitors who come to their country now must quarantine for 14 days. Right. If you come to their country as a visitor, but you're fully vaccinated, that quarantine period is reduced to nine days. Um, you know, again, I, I suspect that, you know, when we lay those facts out to the persons who are going to be part of the CPL cohort this year, um, those who feel that it will be in their best interest to spend five days less in quarantine will, will mm. perhaps take the vaccine. Mm. But but if you weren't going to take it anyway, you're not going to take it. And we can't force anyone to do that. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Dr. Ford? Good night, Pami. Um we we know that most operating boards have lost money uh, during COVID. Uh, we are aware of the constraints affecting the CPL as it relates to uh, individuals being able to attend games and also in a contracted Caribbean economic market that we exist in. We also know that IPL and BBL are, are financially stronger and CPL is trying to get into the black over a period of years with their uh, financial plans. How much, what percentage loss compared to a regular season do you expect 
this year to based on the constraints of COVID? Oh, that's, that's a tough question because it's difficult to ask because I don't think I could put a number to it. I, I, I mean, I'm going to use um, IPL as an example and say um, we were halfway through the matches, but those matches, like last year, where um, the IPL was later, you know, whilst television numbers and advertising and all of that kind of goes quite nicely because everybody is indoors and is watching, um, the vibrancy of it, which is what we would like and is ideal and is the norm, would be with fans everywhere and be in India. So I don't know that they lost money by not having it in India last year, but this time around, having just half the tournament was literally right at the halfway point of the tournament when it got pulled off. Um, I'd be loath to say it means that half of it is gone and therefore we can go straight down the middle and say 50% loss of revenue. I, I don't know that I can do that. But um, I think absolutely everybody is hemorrhaging because of, of this pandemic. I don't think there's anybody who escapes it. And it, you, you see it more and you'll feel it more because uh, you have less. And that's just the nature of it. So for the Indian Premier League, mm -hmm. they probably can sustain themselves for a period of time, while other leagues might not be able to do that. And so, yeah, I, I don't know that I've answered your, your question, Doc. But, yeah, I think absolutely everybody's hemorrhaging. I shouldn't have. I really shouldn't have asked you that question. But um, oh, let's get something specific to you. Have, have your earnings been affected by the truncation of the of the tournament? Myself? Yeah. Um, yeah. Every, <laughs> I think everybody's affected. <laughs> okay. Great. That's, uh, a that, that's a cheeky oh, question. Which, which, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, can imagine. Um, uh, how, how much? What, what are the expectations of CPL in terms of earnings? Uh, this this season, being in one place, um, how much? How do you think you'd be affected financially? Um, it's difficult for me to speak about the league's finances, Doc, because because quite frankly, um, I concern myself with, with with my finances and and how those are affected. I can speak for myself and say that um, you know I, I've I've taken a, a, a hit. Uh, beginning last year, continues into this year personally. Um, look, like like Pommy said, yeah, um, and and I think even more so in the case of the CPL, we, we, we our, our brand is that we are the biggest party in sport, and obviously you can't have a party if you don't have guests at the party, uh, and so the atmosphere is not there. Um, we, you know, listen, the CPL is sort of punching above its weight as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, you know, we, we play in a we play in a small market um, in terms of in terms of attendance. Mm -hmm. um, we play in economies that that are generally weaker than than those where the other leagues take place. Um, and you know, I, I I would venture to say that when when the CPL is in full swing and we're playing in the, across the six territories in the Caribbean where franchises are, are domiciled, um, 
we probably have higher costs of running the tournament than any other league does because we're not playing in a contiguous landmass. We are constantly having to pull up stumps and, you know, ship the whole circus down the road to another venue and so on. So it's always been a challenge for the CPL. And that challenge has just been exacerbated over the last couple of years because of the pandemic. I mean, I don't think it's a secret that last year our players and everybody involved in the tournament were asked to take a 30% pay cut from what they were normally accustomed to receiving. And, um, you know, we, we've, we've pegged that back a bit this year, uh, uh, and that, that number is at 20% at the moment. But um, that's, I think that's the clearest indication of the fact that the pandemic is, is squeezing, you know, anybody who's trying to put on a major sporting event. And I mean, not just the CPL and the IPL, for sure. Okay, so, so what's your biggest difficulty with this season, planning this season? You, you know, in many respects, Doc, last year, although it was the first time we were trying to stage a tournament in the midst of a pandemic and we were playing it in a country whose borders were closed, um, in some respects, strangely, that made it a little easier because we had full and total control of getting people into the country because we knew we had to use charter flights to get them in, right? Um, and the country's borders were closed. It was very clear cut. You know, nobody was coming in. The CPL cohort was given special dispensation. So, you know, we kind of had, there was nobody else in the airport when we got there. We were, you know, the buses came and picked us up on the tarmac. Everything was, you know, and while it was a challenge, it, it, it was in such isolation that mm -hmm. it wasn't that. This year, we're going to St. Kitts and Nevis. Their borders are open. There is commercial air travel into the island. Um, but I think one of the things that is happening to us this year that, that wasn't a factor last year and is going to affect the logistics is, um, you know, who's on the red list of countries? Who's on the green one? Can people leave their country and come? Will we have to get them at a catchment point and then pick them up on a charter and bring them in? So, so the logistical challenge of getting folks into the tournament this year uh, is a little bit steeper than it was last year, and I think it's probably going to be the trickiest piece for us um, as we head into the tournament. Uh, Roland, seeing how things are going in Barbados, uh, what are your expectations or wishes for, for local cricket? Well, I expect that at some point in time, you know, that we will have some sort of season. Obviously, that depends on what happens in terms of the COVID-19. Now, if there's a, um, a huge outbreak in Barbados, then that would put things back. But as it stands now, I would suspect that at some point in time, you know, mm -hmm. we will have a season. You remember last year, we were in a pretty similar situation. When I say similar, obviously, the, the whole idea of COVID was very new, but we found ourselves in the same situation where we had to wait, 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 mm -hmm. see whether it was possible. Mm -hmm. And we you know, we were able to eventually put on a tournament um, towards the back end of the of the summer. Um, it was only a T20 tournament, but that was what we were was able to put on. I would hope that this year that we can do more than that. But you know, to get in the full three-day tournament, um, the 50 over and the 2020, you know, it will all really depend on just how quickly um, we get to go ahead to play. And obviously, once we're playing. And within the country that we don't have any outbreaks uh, of COVID again. So it's a wait and see situation. And um, just 
just like the players, it's very difficult for the players. I would expect that the players themselves would be finding it more difficult because while they're allowed to train now, as you know, you know most of the clubs in Barbados are not in a position uh, to start training because having been locked up for so long, and now obviously the the protocols have got to go through to ensure that the club is safe, etc., etc. It must be very frustrating for the clubs and for the players. So, you know, while the BC is frustrating for us, you know, the, the club player, really, he's had a rough last two years. And we just have to wait and see what happens. All right. Uh, 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 just just, um, no, just, just before you go, we've got we to gotta take a break. Uh, Doc, just hold your question. Because when we come back, of course, we want to go to Pammy. We want you to uh, continue um, your question of uh, uh, Roland. But I want to know from him how important the CPL is to... Uh, cricket in terms of the, of, of the Caribbean and of course how big is the IPL and I also want to know from Tammy You're listening to the cricket show bringing the Mason and Gus we're up on a commercial break now so we will be just like to just take some time out to invite you to be with us each Sunday from 6 until 9pm when we have the cricket talk. This week we are working on a huge guest and we expect to have much of you in our chat room. Cricket show is brought to you each and every Sunday from 6 until 9 p.m. And we try our utmost to have an outside guest we have six or seven panelists each week, and they have their different views, and we appreciate hearing from each and every one of them. Let's go back to Barbados. Are ready to resume? I, I wish I, I I love the Caribbean. Oh wow! Mm. I wish I could come. You should invite me. Yes, out. of course. Uh, I, I might have another. I, I might have another commitment. Um, mm. I had committed to PSL, which was supposed to be earlier. Okay. Um, and then it didn't happen and it got postponed. And, and so there's all this rearranging and mm. juggling. And I don't know uh, when exactly it's going to happen, if it's going to happen at all. And I don't know if I'm going to the Caribbean or not, or if those are going to clash. I hope they're not. Mm-hmm. If they're not, then I hopefully will come over there. Mm-hmm. Well, well, of course, uh, Michael Hall has got a. Uh, an invitation to the to the to, to the CPL. Uh, I think you may you may replace um, Tino Best. <laughs> <laughs> you Why? Why am I replacing Tino Best? <laughs> so hold on. You want him to replace Tino Best? You want him to replace Tino Best as the Saint Lucia conditioning coach? <laughs> I know. I'm just kidding. As usual, so Michael. I know that Tino. <laughs> You're a very naughty man. You're a very, very naughty man. <laughs> that one was quite funny. Very, very funny indeed. Now, um, do you think, Pommy, that they should restart uh, the IPL? Think they're going to give consideration to it? Well, yeah. Um, I think they, they will they will give it reconsideration. I don't think that they, it can happen in India. No. Um, I think, no, 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 no. I don't, well, look. No one knows uh, what can happen and how quickly things can improve. But the very fact that 
we're still talking about this pandemic to this point, having gone through a whole year of it, suggests to me that mm. it's not going to go away in a hurry, certainly not the levels that it's at in India right now and then try and have it before, um, you know, before the 2020 World Cup. They're going to try and, and finish off the season. And the only place that I can think of that would be logical and um, simple because they've done it there before, which is last year, is to try and do it in the UAE again. So, mm. yeah, mm. They, they might. The difficulty, though, is going to be finding the time. Oh. Never mind never mind anything else. It's about the time because once it's missed its slots, which is now, um, the calendar is quite full for... And, and it's about all the teams, isn't it? It's about making sure that you've got all your players available. Maybe it goes ahead with a few um, countries' players not available. Mm. What about the G20 World Cup? Yeah, there, there was talk already over there, and I, I don't think it's confirmed as yet, um, but there was talk already of the negotiations or talks between... Um, ICC, India, and the UAE to try and have the tournament shifted there if possible, depending mm -hmm. on what happens. And that's October, November. Um, it's still some way away, but um, that's a possibility. Mm -hmm. Doc? Or oh, I should say probability. Mm -hmm. yes. Doc? Okay. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, a, a quick question for, for, Mike, for Michael. Um, with the truncation of the IPL and India controlling world cricket as it relates to revenue and TV rights and all that, do you think what effect do you think it will have on the value of TV rights? Uh, and will CPL benefit from being kind of trying to fill in the, a later slot, or do you think that things will be there will be attrition? Um, look, even even in the even in the pandemic. Uh, or you know the first wave of it last year when we staged our tournament, we were able to grow, able to the if not necessarily our traditional television viewership. Certainly, we were able to grow the number of eyeballs on the CPL. Um, I, I I won't swear because I'm not really. I mean, you know, you know, you guys know I'm a, I'm an operations guy, but I think I, I think that we exceeded 500 million persons at some point viewing some element of the tournament last year, right? Mm -hmm. um, the, 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 the ending of the IPL prematurely now, not really affecting our window. I mean, our window is set. We do it in conjunction with Cricket West Indies every year and make sure that it's, the CPL takes place immediately as the West Indies home series is finished so that we have a guarantee that all the West Indies big name players will be available to, you know, to the CPL. Um, I think we've carved out a niche for ourselves as a tournament of some merit and some note so that such that we are given consideration in the annual cricket calendar. People sort of, even if it is that they tiptoe around us, you know, there is some sort, you know, there's a sort of understanding that the CPL's window is in the late part of the summer. Um, that's not going to change for us this year. I mean, obviously, we have a really tight window because, uh, you know, the 100-ball tournament is making its debut. Um, 
I understand the final for, for that tournament is the 21st of August. We're scheduled to start on the 28th. Mm -hmm. You know, um, we've always planned our tournament schedule this year uh, with the Cricket World Cup in mind and wanting to ensure that we could give sufficient comfort to the international cricket boards that we would be finished in good time for their players to get back home to join their, their national teams or to go to the Cricket World Cup and fulfill whatever pre-tournament commitments they may have had to the ITC commercially. Um, so we've all, we were always going to have a short window this year uh, as soon as we knew that we weren't going to be able to play in the six countries because of the whole, you know, the, having to quarantine for two weeks. every. I mean, that would make the tournament last 10 weeks or whatever, which would, which would be ridiculous. So the, 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 the abrupt termination of the, of the IPL is not really affecting us in any way, uh, you know, as we say in Jamaica, not, not more than so. Um, and, and uh, you know, I, I understand, my understanding is that the sale of our television rights have been brisk. Again, I'm not really immersed mm -hmm. in that side of the business, but, but, you know, we do have team meetings every Friday and, and, and that's the reports that we're hearing from, from the guys who look after that. So, you know, we're, we're confident that we'll, we'll have as good a year as we possibly can. Good news. Um, Roland, uh, does the BCA have a measure of vaccine hesitancy or the the percentage or the general feeling of the cricket fraternity as it relates to vaccination? Well, Andrew, the BCA, as you know, most of the time the BCA has been on shutdown for a while. Um, they're now back in operation and the players have only really just come back out the train. But in terms of vaccine, I mean, it's, uh, again, it's a personal thing. If the individuals want to be vaccinated, um, they will be vaccinated. And obviously, you know, they will keep very much in mind mm -hmm. what's happening with the tournaments mm -hmm. that they want to play in and what's the criteria for those tournaments. So I don't think at this moment in time, the uh, BCA is saying to anyone who has to be vaccinated. Um, it's really up to the individual to decide whether he wants to be vaccinated or not. Okay. Uh, Tommy, the, you mentioned uh, having a possible IPL restart, maybe in the UAE, but we've also heard that uh, the ECB is saying that the English cricketers should prioritize uh, their national duty, and maybe that may preclude them being able to, to meet whatever window is is uh, you know, open for IPL. Do you think that maybe it might be better if the, all of the foreign stars can't make the IPL that maybe we just put it off until, until next season? Uh, it might well be, but, but that's not... It's a question I really can't answer because... And I, I'm not pleading the fifth here. I'm sort of saying what Michael's saying, that uh, not the side that I, I, I am with or understand in terms of obligations with regard to television and all the rest and contracts that have been signed. And I know uh, force majeure and all the rest might come into it with those contracts, but both sides, whether it's BCCI or STAR, um, who have the rights for it, or whoever they've kind of unsold to, they, they would want to make whatever profits they can because at this time, everybody is hemorrhaging money. So um, if they can put it on, no doubt, I think, we'll try and put it on. And if there are some players who are not going to be there, 
uh, I think it would then have to be a case of looking at how many how many countries and potentially it'd be quite a few actually as, as I think about it it would be a few countries that may not, not be able to make it and it might make it difficult then and thus the decision being made for them as they sit and decide whether to go ahead or not so yeah I, I really couldn't answer that question and I'm I don't know. I I don't Enough. know that it'd be it'd be good without all the stars there, uh, or certainly not as good. Seven thirty-six in the in the country. We got um, just uh, about twenty minutes left in the show. I know, Pam, it's uh, we're past your bedtime. Stay with us. Forty-four one seven ninety. If you want to uh, give us a call, you can certainly call and participate uh, in the show. Let's come back to you, Michael, Director of Operations at the CPL. Uh, two weeks ago on the show, we had um, Shosh Raghunath, who, as you know, former West Indies cricketer um, and CEO of the Trinidad and Tobago Cricket Board. And he was making the point that um, there are not a lot of benefits for governments in relation to the CPL. In fact, only last week, Richard Seeley, the former uh, Minister of Tourism in Barbados, was making the point that it's just about writing checks. Um, how do you respond to this? Um, what are the benefits in relation to countries in the CPA? Do I have, do I, do I have to? Um, I, 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 I wasn't listening to your program when Suryut was on it, Andrew. But You heard but about it? For some reason, um, a lot of the stuff that's said on your show is picked up by news outlets around the Caribbean. So I was able to read For some reason. Uh, his comment. <laughs> <laughs> I was able to read his comments in, like in the that. local newspaper yes. the following day. Yes. You know, I, I, I listened to um I listened to or or I read his comments and, mm. and there there were two things that sort of came to mind. Yes. Or two emotions that that, that his comments um elicited. One was amusement mm-hmm. and and one was ama- and one was amazement. Ooh. Um a lot of the things that listen, I, I, I'm not sure that the things that Suru said on your program were based even remotely in fact. He was expressing a, a, a strong view and a strong opinion, which he's entitled to, obviously. Um, but I don't think the facts bear out uh, mm. what what he said or the things that he said. And with the greatest of respect to um, Mr. Seely, who I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure that this comment is, is quite true either. Um, listen, the, the, the facts are that each year, the impact that the tournament has on the Caribbean region is measured by an independent, world-renowned uh, firm that does this sort of data analysis, not just for us, but for many other um, sporting events. Uh, and other events that are held globally uh, and, and independently verified. And those facts are, are in direct contradiction to the things that Surut said. Um, there's great economic benefit to the region. Mm. There is great benefit to, there's benefit to West Indies cricket as well. Um, I, 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 I do have the facts, Andrew, um, and I don't necessarily I don't necessarily want to, you know, 
print the bit of paper that was given to me earlier today and read it as if I'm sure. reading from a hymn mm. book. Mm. But I am, I'm, what, I, what I'm going to do, Andrew, sure. because you and, you and I are good friends, sure. is I'm going to send you that document. Sure, sure. Um, I know it appears on CPA letterhead and you may think, well, it's just a, you know, a bit of PR flow. But, no. but the, 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 the facts in the document are, are, have been gathered, as I say, by a, a world-renowned um, analytical company that analyzes these sorts of things. Um, so I, 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 I take, I, I, I mean, I don't think I take exception. It sounds like I'm going to you know, want to get into a fight, but I, I strongly disagree. With the, with the sentiments that Surge expressed on the program. I mean, um, you know, Surge himself uh, and, and the Trinidad and Tobago Cricket Board, certainly in the early years of the CPL when I first became involved, um, would have benefited greatly um, from the games being staged in Trinidad and Tobago each mm -hmm. year. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so it, it's... And, and that has not been the case in recent years. So I don't know, maybe maybe a little bit of um, pining for the better days. I, I'm not sure. But but um, I strongly disagree with any sentiment that suggests that the CPL is not good for the region mm -hmm. in many ways. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, I, I know Doc wants to, to come in, but I think we got a call in the line, do we? Yes, we do. Hello, welcome, Mason and Guest. Hi. Good evening, Andrew. Good evening to you, Randolph. Hi. And good evening to your esteemed panel that you have there and uh, Dr. Ford. I must say, Andrew, uh, we, we, uh, we, we must begin this evening, right? Between Leicester, Manu. Yeah, Man United, yes. yes. I'm a Manu supporter. So. I, I am a Manu supporter. Pammy supports Manu. Um, I think um, my good friend Roland Bush supports West Brom. And um, <laughs> our good friend in Jamaica, he's a Newcastle man. Yeah. No. Mm. No, that's uh, quite. I'm from Stamford Bridge. Stamford Bridge. Stamford Bridge. Oh, yeah. well, tell me, did uh, Dr. Ford play cricket at school? Yeah. Well, well, I know he's a big supporter of, um, which team do you support, Doc? Um, I think, uh, is it Newcastle too? Oh, West Ham. Chelsea. Oh, he's a Chelsea man. Stamford Bridge. Mm -hmm. um, by the way, Pamu, do you support as a matter of interest? Which team? Yeah, oh. United. Oh, oh, yes, of course, you're a United man. Oh. Uh, and of course, Roland Butcher is a is a Man City man. Yeah. Roland, is that right, Roland? He's a man, you. <laughs> no, Andrew. I, I, <laughs> Andrew. Yes. I asked uh, him to play cricket at school. He really had the chief selector tonight, bamboozled with his spin. Yes. On yes. the tremendous. He was under on the pressure. Tremendous yes. pressure. He was under yes. pressure tonight. I must say, daughter Andrew, mm. that it depends on. Two players uh, hurt and can play, and the ones that are hurt and then do it with who will not get a player. Right. That's the situation going on. But I, I thought that uh, you, you put up a very good case for Warrington. Mm. Should have had a contract. Should have had a contract. Yeah. Warrington should have uh -huh. had a contract. And, but, and, and Shema, Shema Holder should have had a developmental yeah. contract. Not, not because that they are Barbadians. Mm. And I. I, I think I understand what he's saying about the wicketkeeper, keeper. And I must say that a lot of pushing was done. I'm not saying the guy might, is not a good little player. But when he scored the 100 runs in England against his one West Indian players, he had the push from Zane. Oh, you're talking about Josh Silva? Yeah, Josh De Silva. Mm. I'm not saying he's not a good little player. Mm. But uh, Dowers was under the gun mm. from Zane. 
all right? And I think that I don't know if he will make it back. Mm. This is just my feeling. I don't know if he's going to make it back. Mm. But to me, where West Indies cricket is concerned, mm -hmm. I think that the there is a volcano uh, being going to erupt. Uh, where West Indies cricket is going to concern Charlie. A volcano? Yeah, volcano eruption. Is, I, I've tried to, like the one yeah. in St. Vincent? Yeah, like the one in St. Vincent. Oh, really? Why, <laughs> well, why is that, Randolph? No, when I listened, when I listened to the lead selector. Oh, Roger Harper. Right. Mm, he's under uh, some pressure. And I, and, I, and I listened to some of the, mm. the, the, the leading players on the team. We are more troubled before. It was surprising tonight to hear that the West Indies captain now mm. today, now mm. he's Barbadian. Mm. He didn't have a contract, but was able to topple a person who had a contract. Mm. The captain of the West Indies team, unbelievable. Mm -hmm. But that came out that came out tonight. But at least he got a B contract now based on mm. I think that what I've heard. But I think the West Indies cricket is going is still in a lot of trouble. And we are now playing, I think, 10, 10 and 9. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nine ten right. on the on this play. Um, Doctor Ford can borrow that over the three areas. Mm -hmm. Although we still boast about winning the last uh, twenty twenty World Cup, but we are mm -hmm. at nine or ten in twenty twenty. Right, and that does not uh, we call it confidence at all. Mm, doesn't inspire confidence, Randolph. Thank, confidence. thank you very much indeed uh, for coming through and talking to us. Forty four one seven ninety. You can give us a call. We got another fifteen minutes left on the show, and Pammy, of course, we want to look as well. Uh, in relation to your expectations for that uh, South Africa West Indies tour, which is scheduled for June the 10th, so make a make a note of that, Pammy, and and you got to quarantine for 14 days, so you got to make all those adjustments. <laughs> I understand <laughs> that is going to be in St. Lucia and it's going to be in Grenada. Um, I know that Roland Butcher is part of the board; he's a big boy, very close to Ricky Skerritt. Um, can you confirm, Roland, that uh, it's going to be in Solution and in Grenada, the West Indies uh, South Africa series? Have they told anything, Roland Butcher? I'm, sure, I'm not quite sure what you're asking me because you're the man who usually gets this information. Mm. I'm told that. Man, I'm told I, that. I, I, I have not heard anything. I just heard something on the radio this evening. Mm. Um, I think it was on your radio. Your yeah. radio. Yeah, VOB. Um, I have had nothing official come to me to say that that's what can happen, mm. but we just have to wait and see. I'm sure some sort of announcement will be made pretty soon. And as usual, you know, you usually get yes, of course, Mason and guess. Yeah, Mason and guess. We're down by the riverside. <laughs> yes, of course. We we we, we play straight. We play through mid on. We don't play through the wicket. Um, that was just an aside. <laughs> um, you, you know, the great players are right. Ronnie played down the V. As the old-time commentators would say, they, you know, sometimes they'll go across the line like um, to Vivian Richards and go to Midwicket, but we're playing straight to Midown down to the boundary for four. All right. Now, gentlemen, Andrew, got... Andrew, 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 <laughs> yes. Viv, Viv did not play across the line. Oh. Viv did not play across the line. His footwork was so good. He <laughs> hit the ball through Midwicket. Yes. He was actually playing it in the V of his bat anyway. Oh, right. All right. All right. So, so how did Chandapal play? His bat, his, 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 the face of his bat was facing towards um, the wicket. Oh, the Chandra's play. Tell me about Chandra. Sh Shiv, Shiv, Shiv is like all the West Indian greats, Andrew. Mm. He played in his own way. Yes, yes. He played in his own way. Mm. All mm. the greats do it in their own way. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. Not, you, you, won't, you won't see Shiv in a textbook, but you'll see him in the record book. <laughs> oh, well said. Well said. Well said. Mm. 44 one seven, 19, another 15 minutes left to the show. Call and get involved. Yes, uh, Roland Butcher. 
they're, we're going to say, Andrew, well, shaved male did the help. Male mm. different than most. Right. You know, Shig did the basics of the game very well. He did. Which was getting into a good position, presenting the full face of the bat, playing mm. the ball late. So even the great players mm. who don't look like Shig do mm. those things. Mm. So his game was his game was no different to the top players. No. It, it, the remaining 12 so the minutes... Top players, are the top players that you like to see. Right. Now, with the remaining 12 minutes, let's have a bit of fun. 4341790. Talking about um, Stephen Ryan Chanderpaul, would you say that he, that, that he, he was a great player, Roland Butcher? Mm. Yes, because a great right. player is not necessarily someone who looks great. Mm. I mean, for me, I think Roger Harper was trying to allude to it um, today. You know, you have to put the numbers and performances on the board. Right. So Chanderpaul, despite, despite how he looked, so mm. they're able to put those numbers and performances on the board. And if you take it in a West Indian context, mm. you can say, yes, he's a, I say he's a great West Indian player. Right. And then if you look at his record also as an international player, mm. um, you have to grade him also as a great player in world cricket. So for me, yes, mm. he's not the, the most attractive player. But he's but a great player. His mm. results are some people say that, that Gordon Greenwich uh, was a great player, but uh, Desmond Hayes wasn't. You agree with that, Roland? They listen. They listen to you and hold us Well, that, they, they, they can listen and hold us in, but I would say both of them were, were, were great players because what they both did in the game, um, as it, not just together, yes. but if, if you take them apart, yes. did individually, right. Their performances suggest that we're, we're fine players. No, 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 no. I'm asking you. There is a tendency. There yes. is there yes. is a tendency, uh, Andrew. Yes. There is a tendency Andrew, to to want to to have one and not the other. There's right. a tendency to to sort of say if one's great, then the other mustn't be. Mm. And I think we get lost like that. We lose so many. Mm. Greenwich and Haynes. That you you don't say one without the other. That's how it is. And <laughs> Not because, not because one's better. They were the key at the top of that order, and they unlocked stuff. And everybody else mm. could play and be great because of how great they were. Mm. You know, and sometimes the numbers don't really bear it out. I don't think. I think also when we go through the ages, we try and sort of uh, compare this one from this era to that era, and we say, yeah, but this one was better than that one. However. I mm. think if you go to each person in that era and you say, well, look, what about memorableness? When you think of a Greenwich and Haynes partnership, mm-hmm. what comes to mind? They'll rattle off some partnerships. When you think of um, Richards, when you think, you know, you can go through all the names, Chandra Paul, as you say, mm-hmm. so many different players where you remember certain things that they do and the, the way that they play for their teams in their time. Mm-hmm. And I think each one can be great in their time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael, was, was Yago Rowe great? Michael? Uh, Andrew, man. Shame on you. <laughs> <laughs> I happen to be... Listen, I, Andrew, I, ha- I happen to be at Sabina Park. Yes. I happen to be at Sabina Park yes. when, he made his, when he made his debut. Oh, yeah. I, I was in the stands then um, as a as a rather green 14-year-old, but an avid cricket fan, yes. and a keen student of the game as well, yes. courtesy of my late father. Um, and I would have to say that based on that experience, mm-hmm. 
and based on listening listening mm -hmm. to radio commentary coming from Kensington Overland the afternoon oh, yes. before he made his big score. Yes. I, I would say yes, Lauren Shaw was a great, great, great batsman. Mm. Not too many greats there. You're, you're saying great, 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 great. Is, is that for emphasis? Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think you're pulling a Jamaican one over here. <laughs> no, no. Uh, I mean, in terms of style. Chum. In terms the of Jamaican style, said chum, man. Chum, man. You'd be hard for it. Sri Lanka was short of firepower. 
Um, had some fine borders, but you know, not exceptionally quick. So I think the step up against South Africa, we'll have to wait and see actually how we can, can handle their fast bowlers. That's going to be the key because, as I said, we haven't played against fast bowlers for a long time. So mm -hmm. it's going to be a close one. I think it's going to be a very interesting um, series. And we'll, by the end of it, we will actually know just how far we have progressed um, as a team over the last year. And as uh, a member of the Barbers Cricket Association, a quick comment on the fact that uh, people like Chase uh, and, and Brooksy not getting contracts. Uh, are you are you are you disappointed? Is the BC upset? I'm not really say disappointed, Andrew. Mm. Listen, as a player myself, I know as a player that I always had to ensure that I did well to ensure that my contract was renewed on a year, you know, on a yearly basis or whatever. Mm. Uh, the situation here in the West Indies is no different. These players are on year contracts. There are things in place that they have to do to ensure that they get their contract back. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, if, if you don't fulfill those criteria, mm -hmm. you run the risk of, of, of losing the contract. And they're not the first ones. You remember a couple of years ago, the Ben you know, yeah. who was mm -hmm. on an a, a, a contract, a no contract, because his performances mm -hmm. um, over the year was so bad that, you know, they decided. And that's the case. So everybody knows how it is. You know, mm. you're, you know, you you disappointed when you don't get a contract renewed. But there are no guarantees, Andrew. So the BC, you, so, you the B, so the so the BC is not unhappy then. The BC is not unhappy. Is that what you're saying to me, Roland? Well, I'm not sure. The BC, the BC has not discussed it. Mm. You're asking me. Um, you're you're not unhappy you know, then. How many? How, how can I be unhappy or happy, Andrew? Mm. I'm unhappy for the players that they didn't right. but in terms of their performances, mm. right. I'm sure mm. you know their performances would have been put under mm. the microscope, and mm. that would have been the criteria mm. used to, to decide who got a contract and who didn't get a contract. Mm. Unfortunately for those three, they didn't get a contract. So what they need to do now is, mm. like all the others, they will work hard and get back. You right. know, Andrew, you remember last year, Johnny Besto is not a bad player, is he? No. He lost his contract. He did. But he fought his way back. Mm. So that's what you've got to do. Mm. I, I just want to end, of course, uh, we, we're having fun for the last couple of minutes. we just got another one minute or so left in the show. I'm going to end with my good friend, Michael Hall. Michael, of course, uh, 40 years ago, we, we lost Bob Marley. In Jamaica, who was more popular, Bob Marley or Usain Bolt? Well, uh, I think it, I think generational question, Andrew. Yeah. Um, but but if, if I'm honest with you, mm -hmm. um, Usain Bolt, uh, and this is a personal opinion I'm expressing. I, I think it'd be I think you'd be hard pressed to say that Usain Bolt has touched lives in the way that Bob Marley has touched lives, mm -hmm. lives and inspired persons. Mm -hmm. So may argue that he has. Uh, but for me. I think that Bob Marley has had a big greater impact mm -hmm. and perhaps remains more popular. Mm -hmm. um, I, I could be wrong. And let's not forget, you know, Bob Marley was able to achieve the fame and recognition and everything that he has mm -hmm. in a time when there was no social media. Right. He just did it 
by virtue of his voice. Mm -hmm. And since we're having fun, Andrew, and, I, I, and, and thanks for you know, leaving with me, let me just say mm -hmm. to you and the others supporting Manchester United, good luck in the Europa League final. As for Chelsea, we have bigger fish to fry. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> Very well said indeed. Tommy, I'm going to leave the last words with you to respond to that. Well done, Michael. <laughs> this, is why, this is why, Michael, this is why, Michael, that they're caught uh, from the show where we have people that you are. Ah, ah, I got you. Yeah, Tommy, final just, words with I'll, you. I'll say this. Yes. I'll just, if, if it goes to penalties, I hope nobody slips. That's all. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks, Tommy Umbango. They're in quarantine, your home in South Africa. And of course, uh, tomorrow you'll be able to go home. Thanks, you, Roland Butcher. Um, I know you're a Man United man, and we're going to win. Don't, don't worry about that. This, 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 we, we don't want Liverpool in, so therefore, um, Leicester winning today. We're happy about that. Uh, thanks, our friend, of course, Dr. Ford, who supports Crystal Palace. And, of course, that my good friend Michael Hall, he is from Stanford Bridge. I'm Andrew Mason. Here's hoping for a buyer tomorrow. It's good night. Now, this tune is for all who have the almanac, all old folks, so all you look at chook a look. Clear the way! Hey, Tony boy, you're one of them boys from
apologize for the hiccups we had at the beginning of the show, but we hope you would have had the better of the two-hour programming. We invite you to be with us Sunday from 6 until 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time when we talk some more cricket. And if you love some entertainment, join us at 9 o'clock on Saturday mornings from 9 until 12, and we'll bring you some more entertainment. Good night. God bless. <laughs>